The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. Brought to you by BodyBio. Get 20% off any BodyBio order with promo code RTRS20 at BodyBio.com. Mortgage CS. Become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP by going to MortgageCS.com slash Ricky. And our friends at Kinetic Skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, the Sixer season ends poorly. Once again, just like it always does. Uh, before we get going, I did mention kinetic skateboarding. I'm going to go down. Hang on one second. If you're looking on YouTube, look at this one I got. This kinetic hoodie. It's beautiful. Can you see it? You kind of see it. Uh, really, my, my hoodie headquarters. But for you, can be sneakers, can be hoodies, can be t-shirts and... As their name goes, skateboarding, if you need any skateboard stuff. Kinetic is your source. Um, spring is here. Light hoodies are wonderful. Great shorts, all that kind of stuff. Go to kineticskateboarding.com and use promo code Dave Silver for 9.1% off your first order. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who is in the light, but is only darkness on the inside. That is one, Mike Levin. Uh, it's just the window, so it'll get darker as the oh, good, podcast good, good, goes good. on. Great, great, great. great. Uh, I mean, just I'm, I'm just fucking embarrassed. I mean, just like again and again. Again and again with this fucking team, with this fucking franchise, with these fucking people. Um Everybody is to blame except for Joel Embiid, I would say, although he didn't play great, although his decision-making was bad. Um, Daryl did a horrible job of assembling this team. He did a horrible job of it. And for them to need to count on Danny Green as much as they did, and for him to go, and now there's just like nobody else, and for Shake to play an incredible game, and then you're like, well, it would have been nice if they if they had found a way to unlock that secondary ball handling at any point, but that's Doc Rivers uh, being one of the least creative coaches of all time. Um, James Harden played one of the worst games of all time. I mean, this is just as, this Harden game is just as embarrassing as uh, the last few games of the Hawks series for Simmons. Um, just a total joke, a total joke of a of a way to go. I mean, you you, you go home, you win two games with Joel, you lay an absolute egg in Miami. And then you do the same exact thing here. I mean, it's just it, the the franchise is, is dog shit. It's a dog shit franchise. Um, for Daryl to to not see all season long that 
this team is slow. This team is unathletic. This team is fucking soft. This team is a, a collection of horrible passers and uncreative passers. Um, and to just get hardened at the deadline and not and not find a way to get somebody else and not find a way to like honestly even like give Charlie Brown Jr. a roster spot because he has some juice in his legs and the way that nobody else in this fucking team does. It's a joke. I mean, it's a real, it's an embarrassing display. I think this is one of the worst. Like they got Harden, Daryl put his head down and, and got Harden and that was his only guy that he wanted from the beginning. Clearly that was a mistake. Tyrese Halliburton would have been a way better fit probably both this season and definitely going forward. Um, in, I mean, a, an embarrassing display of, of everything. We have Joel Embiid who, sh- who should have been the MVP this year, uh, runner up two straight years um, and, to, and to not get to the conference finals in either of those years. Um, just a, you know, not all of this is Daryl. Some of it is the decisions that were made before he got here and, and some horrible decisions before that, whether it was Elton or Colangelo, um, or letting Jimmy walk so that you can have a, a poorly fitting Ben Simmons that was never quite working because he didn't get, because Jimmy didn't get along with Brett Brown, who you're going to fire a minute after, like just a really, just an embarrassing, like decision after decision, after decision, after decision that, uh, was wrong and, and poorly thought out and, uh, the only reason that they were remotely good this year is because Embiid took another step forward and Maxi took a massive leap forward. Um, they didn't deserve it. They didn't deserve to be as good as they were. Uh, it was a it was a total sham of a fucking season. And I mean the most the most the biggest encapsulation of how little heart this team has, aside from Joel, who was playing like just you know totally busted in so many different ways. Um, you, you was know, was the was the Jimmy shot. And then Tobias and Harden watch the rebound like land next to them, and then Jimmy gets his own rebound and hits a three in the corner. Just like while you're trying to come back with your season on the line, it's just like just call it in. I, it's a fucking what a disaster, what an absolute abomination, which we talked about last podcast. Another in a long line of abominations uh, for everybody, and everybody should feel bad and um, just disgusting, disgusting stuff. The the only point that I disagreed on was, and we'll get to it, is the Maury point just in general, which we've talked about before. But like, big picture here, big picture. When you get to this point, it, it's about the other players on the roster, but a lot of it is about the stars on the roster. James Harden stinks. <laughs> like, that guy couldn't give... At least Ben Simmons was going through some mental breakdown. James Harden does not give a shit. That guy does not care. He is not a winner. He is too slow. He doesn't have it anymore. And he came into this game wanting to go on vacation. He just did. He just did. Like like that guy, I, half the time he was out on the court, I did not know he was out there. Like you mentioned that rebound that he just stared at that plays like that happened the entire time. He wasn't even involved in offense. Like the one thing he's supposed to be good at 90% of the game, he wasn't involved in. You can't give him a contract. You can't. And, and we'll get, we'll have a lot of off season to talk about. Just let him go. Let him go. If he doesn't want to opt into next year, let him walk and find a way to get off of Tobias Harris's contract. So one thing it comes down to him. He's not good enough. The other thing, and I agree with everything you said about Embiid, he had an MVP season. He was wonderful this year. This was not a good game for him, but he was obviously just fucking beat to shreds. But the guy has been healthy in one playoffs in his entire career. One. And the only time he was healthy in the playoffs was when they had four months before it. 
That's the only time his entire career. He's what 28 years old. Like at some point they either have to figure out a way to have him play less during the season, as much of the hit to his ego as it will be, or, or, uh, or you cannot count on him to be healthy during the playoffs. It just, you can't go into every playoffs with your best player falling apart. And it's not the same as other teams where this guy's got a nagging this, or this guy's got a nagging that, um, you can't have your best player going to every playoffs, just to fucking beat to shit one way or another. You can't do it. You can't do it. And so, I mean, the, it, the elbow, the, the Siakam play to the face is a freak injury. That's not, something but he also had a torn that. thumb and, and yeah, yeah. you can, no, you for can, sure. But he could have played all through, all through that other stuff. It was, the, it was the totality of it. He was pretty healthy for a while this season, and then it just. But but he's not now. When when it it matters now. Right. Is I when think it matters. I think the thumb the thumb is the thing that everybody everybody would be playing through. Niang's got a bad knee. Matisse has a, I think they said an ankle or something. But it's um, every year, Mike. It's well, that's every, every year. I think that's everybody. No one's healthy in no. the playoffs. If, nope. if if without the thumb, he would have been a, he would have been fine, and would have, he would have worked through it as fine. But he did have the having thumb. to wear a face mask and having a concussion and not being able to be in condition for a week because he sat in bed and, with the lights off. That was the bigger, the bigger issue. But it's every year. It's it's just like the, the idea of first of all, like I, I don't want to argue about whether Joel Embiid's injuries are are chronic or not, or whether it's his fault or not his fault. That's obviously like he doesn't want to get hurt. But I'm just saying like it. At, at this point, it's not a uh, it's not like a coincidence when you get here and we're in this position again, and it has to be better managed somehow. But at Harden, not not it, not it, and uh, and Embiid, we just have to find a way to get the guy into the playoffs healthy. Um, yeah, I, think, I mean, like I I think part of that is on is on Doc, who is just like. Yes, one of one of the one of the like least thoughtful people on the planet. Um, it's just it's just remarkable that like you can't say it enough how little they tried shit during the regular season and how much it came back to bite them now. Like it is absolutely Daryl's fault that this team had so few playable players, while like there's four players on the bench that are just taking up space without a chance of playing in in this game. Um, we got to turn through those guys quicker if you don't think that they're going to be able to contribute or find a way to get them G league playing time so that you trust them and actually use the G league. Like it's, it's, that is a front office into coaching staff, like pipeline that has to work. And for the Sixers, it doesn't work remotely. Um, I'm it. That's a, just a joke. I mean, it's just really like this. It's disgusting how few playable players as you look and you turn and look at plenty of other teams that have look at Memphis that have like 12 players that should be playing right now, maybe more. Miami obviously has those guys. They're a better Miami's a better team without Kyle Lowry right now because of how healthy they're young. Like but, just but one thing, it's, it's, one thing it's just disgusting. Like they couldn't count on fucking anybody but because one thing of how a- how Doc just was like I don't know, trying to stack regular season wins. Is that like was that the whole goal of his career so he could then get to the you know, the regular season win list? It doesn't fucking matter. And it's just like a remarkable failure on on every level to to not plan for anything like this. One of those things that those teams have is a consistent front office and a uh, and a, a a front office that hired the coach. Do you know what I mean? Like there is, I don't know how yeah, so much fire him, fire him. Yes, well, fire I, him I, I, absolutely. Uh, they should have I, I, all year. I, I, he shouldn't be here. He shouldn't be here. If if you're gonna 
if you're gonna um, if you're gonna have Daryl Morey as the general manager of the team and, and like everything's everything's got to be on the same page. He's obviously not on the same page. He was obviously terrible, like obviously terrible. But I I just think it at the end. And and I agree with that. Like you look at Max Struess, the guy, guy wasn't drafted. Duncan Robinson, who wasn't even fucking playing, who probably would have played thirty five minutes a game on the Sixers, uh, wasn't drafted. Um, you know, Gabe Vincent, and and who's the the other guy that always kills us that didn't even play? Um, the other bench guy um, that the Caleb the Martin. Heat had. What's that? Yeah, yeah, Martin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't even play. So I I agree that the roster's not good enough. I I just think that the 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 big question about Harden I just I, I can't believe we traded for that guy and we watched him do what he just did in the playoffs he had one good playoff game yeah but, I mean like he, he's he helped this team in the sense that the team had so few good even good even below average passers even like four out of ten passers in this team there were so few of them that the fact that he is one is genuinely still one of the best passers in the league made a big leap but he's not going to like carry you with that and he didn't um and they can they are capable of getting better passers and having schemes that encourage and prop up better passers if there was a smarter coaching staff in place here and there's not um it's just been it was torture to watch this team it was absolute torture to watch this team for a long time it's fun to watch maxi play and him to turn the corner and go and go fast honestly it seems like the coaching staff was you know, Doc maybe was a, more of a negative on him as he's standing there just like trying to throw an entry pass uh, as everyone stands there. Like how often, how, you know, maybe this is Embiid, maybe this is coaching, maybe it's just whatever, but like how often on Embiid post-ups is everyone just fucking standing there? Everyone just fucking standing around and then they couldn't even get the ball to him and then they're standing around and it's just like the least creative stuff in the world and the fact that Doc is like, we don't practice and it's like, cool, that's a fun little fun thing. It's like, I didn't study for this test. Cool, man. Uh, we would like you to. We would have liked you to study for the test. Um, it's. I mean, it's just like. I mean, I know that the like uh, the cut-ins to the huddle don't uh, aren't gi- giving the full picture of what they're saying, but like uh, him just being like, "Come on," and like no one listening or paying attention is like exactly what this team is. Like he has nothing. He's got nothing. He's got a, cu- a couple decent after timeout plays as a staff, um, but like no adjustments. No adjustments game to game. No adjustments in game. Like, just not not many big ideas. And you're going against a team that is known for, like, cutting shit off that you want to do. And as the series went on, the Sixers just looked so hopeless with with nothing. And Doc just keeps going there being like, pace, pace. And it's like, he's honestly like a Little League coach. He's like a Little League <laughs> coach out there. Just yelling. Just yelling to, like, do something. And it's and it's and it's disgusting. It's Sounds really like embarrassing that to waste like to waste Joel Embiid's prime the way they have is is awful. It's I'm just I'm just fucking nauseous. This these assholes, man. These you, losers. Fuck, dude. These fucking crypto losers. These NFT losers. Like spend time to shit. Like, look. <laughs> I mean, have some fun. Have a backbone. Anything. Play hard. And like some guys did. And some guys just aren't capable, and some guys just have the limited <laughs> amount of ability. There are so many one-way players or no-way players in some instances. But man, what a collection of absolute like gutless losers are on this team. Not everybody, of course, but like as a unit, like Harden was the one who really didn't show the fuck up tonight at all. Um, but a lot of people didn't, and it was pathetic. Like Harden took, he was 0 for one with a missed three and two turnovers in the third quarter. 
And then immediately in the fourth quarter where they're like, okay, now's the time to make a run. Is there a possibility that they can get back in this game? Two of the most embarrassing turnovers we've ever seen in his life. He's got no handle and he still thinks he's has a great handle. He doesn't pay attention off ball. He gets out rebounded by anybody nearby him. Uh, I mean, just, and he turns, he just turns the ball over. Really, really disgusting. He weirdly hit, hit some threes tonight, and that, and that maybe like saved it from looking like the worst game of all time. But like as a totality, when he needed him, forty three minutes to to be this bad, it's it, when Embiid's as down as he is and playing as hard, it's awful. And Embiid, like God forbid, like look, Embiid played a ton of minutes. He shouldn't have played that many minutes. He was clearly spent so quick, and and Doc is so visionless that he's like he's running Embiid into the ground as he goes seven of twenty four from the field is our best chance of winning this game because I have nothing with the, with any bench guys. Like Paul Reed is a a hustle player in a, and long and who tries in a game when they were getting out hustled and out tried every step of the way and to not find a way to put him in for a little bit especially when Danny's out it's just like a fundamental misunderstanding of like doc just this is his whole ethos as a coach is like the definition of insanity, just trying the same thing again and again and being like, it should work. Well, it doesn't, dude. And, and you're not a good coach because, because of how little you ever just decide, like make a decision. His decisions are just like, I'm just keep going, go have at it. And it's just awful. It's really bad. It's, really, it's, it's malpractice to play and beat that many minutes when he looked that tired, to never get him a, a break, to not try to match Bebop Paul's minutes with Dwayne Dedman's, just like to give him anything. And there was just nothing. There was nothing at all. I wanted Bad. to, I wanted to say something. <laughs> Poor spots. We have two sponsors for this pod: Body Bio and Mortgage CS. God bless you guys. I'm gonna do my best. Uh, Body Bio is a supplement company. They're a supplement company that cares about two things: your head and your gut. Because if those things are healthy, the rest of your body will be healthy. And if you don't watch this fucking team, that would be the third thing they should send in like a fucking brochure to not watch the team anymore. Uh, a gut supplement that you should take that body bio makes is called butyrate by the, by the way, body bio family owned company, um, small, but that's good, efficient, know what they're doing can change on a dime because that's what science does. So a gut supplement butyrate, which is a postbiotic that your body already makes, but doesn't make enough of it. What you eat, it doesn't make enough butyrate. So what you need to do is take this supplement. You take a couple, couple pills after you eat, and it cuts down on bloat. It makes you feel better. It makes you look better. It makes you regular. And all you got to do is take two pills after you eat. Go to bodybio.com and use promo code RTRS20. You get 20% off not just on butyrate, a postbiotic. Get the sodium butyrate. Not just on butyrate, but on anything that we've talked about. Elite, Calm. Liposomal vitamin C. I still take Elite. Keeps me from cramping up in my feet. Keeps me hydrated. Um, once again, the only gut supplement you need is butyrate. B-U-T-Y-R-A-T-E. Once again, go to bodybio.com. Use code RTRS20. 20% off everything. You mentioned Embiid's Prime. I think sometimes we talk a lot about wasting his prime. But I, for me at least... When we're watching every game, I get lost in it. I lose perspective. And there was one time during the game tonight where he was at the free throw line, and it, the the graphic in front of him said Joel Embiid finished second in MVP voting the second consecutive year. 
And because he hasn't won, I think I haven't thought about the fact that he was runner-up MVP two consecutive years is on the Sixers. Like, that's fucking crazy. And he really is. I don't know if you caught it. I don't know if you and uh, Dave and Tanner talked about it because it happened while you were podcasting. But he said after the game, he mentioned da-da-da-da-da when I retire in a few years. Did you see that quote? It was... It was after the game. He said something about retiring in a few years. Just, I think he was talking about the MVP and, and like this guy is not going to be around forever. And he's certainly not going to be one of those guys that plays until he's 36 years old. He just isn't. He, he, there's no way this guy wants his, all, everything that his body has been through, even up until now is going to have a lasting effect on the rest of his life. And you can just tell he loves playing. He loves all this. But there's just no way he's going to put his body through this, like through his 30s. Not, not only wasting his prime, like wasting his, like his entire career. And uh, you have to wonder at a certain point, and this is an enormous offseason, just an enormous offseason because, and I feel like we've said this for the last three years, but it feels like the offseason. And I, I give Maury, now if he, he signs James Harden to a, a max deal, I, I don't give him this pass, but the the things that you are skewering him for the other players on the roster, I just think he had his hand his it, he was handcuffed coming into the situation. I think the Simmons situation handcuffed him this year. I just think he was stuck. That said, like he cannot fuck up this off season. He cannot give James Harden a contract. He, and he, uh, because what will happen is if next year doesn't go right, and Bede, if he does play for three more years, is just going to want to go play somewhere else. Like he's under contract till he's 33, but he's not going to play here till he's 33. He's just going to want to go somewhere else. And uh, for a franchise that has reveled in embarrassing situations for the last six or seven or eight years, that will be the most embarrassing situation. Like the process himself asking to go to another team because you failed to get at least one competent star next to him. Um, would be just the ultimate in embarrassment in embarrassing situations because he's certainly not going to rot away here. He's certainly not going to like like watch his body, uh, you know, fall apart in, in this situation. Absolutely not. So, it just uh, hit me I mean, when I, saw I don't know. It. I, I disagree. I think I think he loves it here and he loves the city and he feels like he's as stubborn as we are as far as like I'm going to fucking. If we had any sense, we would fucking stop watching this goddamn team. And I think he just like wants to be the guy. He is the guy. We're just watching. He knows though. how good Maxi is. Um, and I think he he goes to ownership or to Daryl or whatever and like demands something and and uses whatever leverage he has. But I don't think he's like looking for a way out. Um, I did. That's not what I said I though. Don't think that. I didn't say he was looking for a way out. I but I but I did say that like this wears on you. Like he's a human being. And I, I know I know you say we watch it, but we can stop watching whenever we want and it doesn't hurt us physically. And you know, you'll wake up tomorrow it morning and hurts me physically. It <laughs> certainly does. Life life goes on. I just I, his body, can you imagine what he physically feels like right now? And to watch like James Harden fucking stand there while this guy's face is broken and his thumb is ripped and his he's landing on his back and he's fucking like I I don't know man if he's gonna play they just got to get it right because I'm telling you he's not gonna I don't think he's gonna sit here and 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 deal with this you know 
past yeah yesterday. i mean we can we'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about the offseason they have limited assets after you know some trades they have danny's contract and danny looks like he probably might have blew his name oh yeah god damn um, I'm, I'm sorry we haven't even mentioned that like we should give just sucks send out it sucks for him man yeah it sucks. prayers for danny um, i mean that that looked horrible and a lot he, of decisions that dude, to make got got to replace like at least half the team like this is not good enough there's just not a not a good enough roster uh matisse came in for danny and and looked good for a little bit and started playing well and then blew a layup and was pointless and never uh found the court again really um niang somehow against all fucking odds was a plus 11 in this game that guy the guy does has done jack shit in this series and i think finished with the best plus minus in every single game um which is stunning and weird um so i don't know if there's anything to that or it's just the randomness of a of a series um you know Korkmaz and Niang shared the court at the same time in this game and neither of them hit a shot hit a three tonight and they were you know they played 23 minutes were bad on defense and couldn't hit threes um I thought Tobias reverted back to his old self in the last couple games um wasn't making as many quick decisions wasn't fighting for rebounds wasn't getting a single loose ball max struce was cooking him struce would be the best two-way player on this team that is a depressing thought uh tobias really just like wasn't using his length whatsoever to get a deflection or knock a ball away or anything he's running he played better in the second half for sure but in the first half he just looked like he was running around like an armless torso well and by the um, way he played better when the game was fucking d- dead like that's when he played better he, he played better when the game was over. I mean, you could still, in, if it's a 16-point game in the, with eight minutes left in the fourth, this, the, the game is still like relatively up in the air. He, he did play better in the second half. Um, yeah, if I, I wouldn't be confident. I mean, we've, the Sixers have pl- lost plenty of games with up 16 with eight minutes left in the game. Um, just like, you know, I need, I, it's, it's, it's a tough thing to put this on Maxi, but like he has to get better. He has to keep getting better. Um, got to be stronger with the ball. Got to make better decisions. Got to improve so much as a passer. Um, I find it confusing that so much of the game was them swinging the ball on the perimeter slowly and not trying to weaponize maxi speed and run like decent pick and rolls. It seems like we just... Every, so many plays ended in just like a frantic step back. It, for whether it was Harden or Maxi or Embiid, um, just like bad offense, just a bad passing team. Um, yeah, I mean there was there's it was a great season for Maxi. I'm I'm thrilled that he's here, and I, I want to be here for a long time. But he's he's just got to get better. He's got to improve a lot because when you're a, a small guard like that, like you just have to be really really good to stick on the court. Um, and hopefully, he takes the offseason, gets stronger, works on his handle, works on his hesitation works on his defense, works on his um, passing um, and, and just vision and seeing the court and stuff because they're going to need him. Whether or not Harden's here, they're going to need him to be a, to be as good as a shooter and, and better as a distributor running an offense and everything. Um, you, uh, you sped past the Danny thing. I, I, I want to just real quickly, that guy, uh, 
we we make jokes about Danny Green a lot, and he does a lot of things to make jokes about. I got an email today that the reason somebody said the reason I like Danny Green is that he's the basketball version of me, and that he has haircuts for uh, younger people trying to look cool, and he says things that make people mad on podcasts. Uh, he has that guy has been like a rock for the Sixers in the time that he's been here, and I know it, people don't remember it, but when they were COVID down to seven players or whatever. The guy was playing 50 minutes a game. He was really, aside from Embiid, their only real two-way player on the team. And you don't want him to be that important. But that guy was, and he made a lot of goofy plays. But that guy has had a fantastic career, is a winning player, was a winning player for the Sixers. And as soon as he went down tonight, you knew they couldn't win because the shots that he hit were big. And that knee injury look fucking terrible and you hate you hate for that to happen to anybody but somebody who's at the end of his career you really it sucks for it to happen there because you don't want his career to end that way and his yeah. knee look terrible so just really want to really sad for him. send love to danny because danny's been a, a good player for them and uh and busted his ass and it sucks to see his season end that way they're just so they're just so soft as a team and their skills are so softly developed. And they're, they're like Danny, who I loved and was very helpful in this team, could not dribble and could not do anything in the mid range and could not do anything else. And so it was all of these guys who just have, they're so limited in so many ways around Embiid and at times Harden, who are just expected to do everything else and clean up for everything else. And it's, it is a real black eye on the organization and Daryl's front office and Doc's development that they could not get more dynamic role players on this team. Mike, they, how are they, they going so to, how is Daryl Morey going to get more dynamic role players on the team when he couldn't make any moves? He couldn't. You got to figure it out. Just, it's just like what MOC said. You have to figure it out. You have to find you diamonds in the rough. You but, have but, to. But how? You can't trade picks. You can't. Like how? You can't trade picks. You can no, trade, but they, they couldn't. They could have done couldn't. it. They could have traded Seth Curry earlier. They could have done anything. There was, they were limited. This roster was limited and limited and limited in so many ways. And it is the GM's But they need a Seth Curry. To, what you're forgetting to find, is when Seth, to find Seth Curry was creative ways out of it. And he didn't. When he made Seth the hard Curry trade was, and it didn't work out, and that was he it. He got here, like, Mike. He got here. Josh Richardson was on the roster. Al Horford was on the roster. Al Horford yeah, he was made on the roster one trade with very quickly with a hundred million two trades very quickly. Two with trades. Yeah, I, I include, count them as one trade with a yeah. hundred million dollar. And and we forget about Seth Curry. Seth Curry was like while he was here was the most effective perimeter offensive player they had. Yeah, and, they and, had well, a, and for the most part, helpless in the playoffs. But like that's what, what is they he, determined is like we're gonna have to we're gonna who get guys who are limited that? in so many other How areas. How is he going they, to trade They just didn't somebody. do a good enough job. They didn't do a good enough job. I'm not saying the job wasn't hard. I'm not saying it was easy to do. But, but they, it's that's, not that's over. The job. It's when he got here, he was he was and uh, trust me, I'm just waiting. I thought he was that he made a joke out of the backup center situation. He shouldn't have done that. That was fucking stupid. And, and, and if he gives James Harden this contract and he should have had more information on James Harden as well, making this trade, he should have known what James Harden was made of. If anybody knows, he should know. All that said, I just, you're, you're talking about when you compare them to teams like, like Milwaukee or Miami or Boston or any of, uh, any of these teams that, they are competing with right now, those teams had the same 
front office for years, years. And a coach, and in the case of Boston, a different general manager now, but that general manager was the coach before. Like, you can't get here in two years, have your second best player who's on a max contract decide he's not going to play for you anymore, have your other max contract be Tobias fucking Harris, and have every extra asset that you've had traded away. Oh, and by the way, a coach that you didn't even hire, and you got here in the mid, like in the, the pandemic off season, it's yeah, just... I'm, dude, I'm not saying it was easy. I'm saying he didn't do a good enough job. He just didn't. But, like, like Phoenix, Phoenix got there quick quickly. Last season, no, they didn't. That, that was that was quickly. James Jones was like his second year there. Yeah, but they when, were bad. When LeBron won, when the Lakers won in the bubble, that was Rob Plinka's first year. Like it's it <laughs> happens. And the, and Daryl, if he's the best, no. if he's one of the best GMs in the league, he has to do a better job. He didn't do a good enough job. He has to find a way to get playable role players that can compete. And the guys he decided to sign, Niang, who was fine, but but not helpful enough resigning by the way all season you suggested was good enough to play defense in the playoffs i thought i thought he was but i always i i think he's better than Korkmaz. i think he was better than matisse and at least more dynamic offensively than danny like there's there's you can have i like there's that's the thing is like i've been saying all year and what i struggle with is i like a lot of these guys individually but as a whole they are all so limited together and their skills overlap and they're just missing a level of toughness a level of athleticism passing uh, just dynamic play that they just don't have. And if you had one or two of those guys, great. Um, alongside a PJ Tucker as an example of a guy that does, but just like they didn't have enough helpful guys. They had too many guys who were slow and liabilities and really just like didn't compete, just like did not compete. It was really nice to see Shake have a nice game. That was like the one saving <laughs> yeah. grace of this game. Yeah. Um, and he got hot and it was very weird. And as soon as he got hot, I was like, he had, I think he had seven points in the, in the, third and then maybe I almost, seven or, or six or seven in the fourth and I was like this and I was like maybe this is the comeback and obviously it was against it but I'm like if Shake is doing this this is bad I mean it's well, like it's just I, not I've, you're not feeling good about what's happening here but I am I am happy for him um, when he, he, uh, he had a tough season of injuries and stuff when he started doing it I was like is this going to be like that Houston comeback when Harden and Josh Smith were or no, Josh Smith was on the court when Harden was on the bench. Like it would shake with, I was like, is it really going to be shake? Um, let me talk about mortgage CS and then we'll be done with sponsors for the pod. Cause I don't, I don't want to, you'll, you'll start again. Mortgage CS is, uh, they do a better job than I think the Sixers have done. They do a better job in, in managing, I guess. It, anyway, Mortgage CS, CS stands for concierge service. Mortgage CS is your partner in getting a mortgage, which, you know, interest rates are going up. You need to know more housing market. There's fewer houses out there. So the, the mortgage is going to be important. A lot of what you pay is the mortgage. They are a mortgage uh, broker, not a lender. So what they do is they work for you. They go and they find you the best rate. But even more importantly, Mortgage CS is small and matched. They have a staff of less than 10 people. And their goal is for when you walk away, for you to know more about mortgages than when you came in. So even if you decide to go with someone else, if you know more about what you're doing when you go to get a mortgage, they are happy that that happened. And they're truly like that. Um, their CEO is Ben, and Ben is reachable via text at any time, via call at any time. He has a cell right with right now. Call him, I dare you to text Ben right now about the Sixers and see if he answers. 267-391-7425. 267-391-7425. And the reason it's important that you can get 
to your mortgage broker at any time is because you may need a pre-qualification letter at nine o'clock at night. You may need one on a Saturday. You may need a question answered at six in the morning and they are on call for you. Whether you're buying a new home, whether you're debt consolidation, whether you're refinancing, whatever it is, it's not just about having the best rate, it's about having a partner and Mortgage CS is gonna be your partner. Go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. Uh, that's where you sign up to be a Ricky VIP, meaning you set up a, whether it's a Zoom call or in person to discuss your mortgage and look at the site they built for us. Just look at the, the art is amazing. The cartoons, mortgagecs.com slash Ricky or call or text their CEO Ben at 267-391-7425. Look at all their great Google reviews more than 200 five-star reviews and everyone who has gone there who has been a Ricky recommendation has been absolutely fucking thrilled. Again, mortgagecs.com slash Ricky or call or text or CEO Ben at 267-391-7425. This ad is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal opportunity, easing, <laughs> equal housing opportunity mortgage broker and arranges loans with third-party providers. It does not provide mortgage loan commitments or any or fund any mortgage loans. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions apply. The information is presented for informational purposes by Rates for Us, LLC. DBA, Mortgage CS, Company NMLS 1464766, licensed by the PA Department of Banking and NJ Department of Banking and Insurance. Visit MortgageCS.com for more information. Ben Stucker, NMLS, ID number 168345. Okay. So what now? Like, what do you think? What would you do with Harden? He doesn't opt in. He wants a max contract. I don't contract. know. Um, I don't know. I'm like too pissed off to really like we and we have think such a long it. off season ahead yeah. of us to like really <laughs> Once again. think too hard about it and everything I'm thinking right now is emotional and I, I yeah. wanna That's fair. Like I I muttered to no, I yelled it. No one was around. But I said <laughs> if I ever run into Dave Pash, I'll fucking kill him. Um just because I think he's a total piece of shit, smug motherfucker. Um, and I just hate the way he talks. Also, Hubie Brown, look, nothing against Hubie Brown aside from the fact he's the oldest person on the planet. Hubie Brown is 10 years older than Charlie Manuel. Come on. Who you don't need tonight. to skewer Hubie Brown for being old. He, I I'll mean, be... just get him out. Let him, let him go away. Let him live on a fucking oh, no. horse ranch and just oh, sit no. there and imagine all the basketball he saw in the 50s. Like, God, just get out of there, please, for your own goddamn good. People need to retire. I'm going to retire as soon as I fucking can. Jesus Christ. Uh, Charlie, Charlie Manuel's the man. And as soon as he came out, I was like too good of a bell ringer. They're going to lose. Um, they couldn't get him a triple X maxi Jersey. They had to give him the, the single it. X. I'm, what? I'm certain that was his own Jersey. A hundred percent positive. He wore <laughs> really? That. Yeah. He's talked about, I've seen him. I've seen tweets from Charlie or about Charlie that he loves maxi. Um, that was, that's his Jersey. hundred percent. Um, just, I mean, it's just a really bad game. The team, I can you. Everybody who listens to podcasts for more than five <laughs> seconds give knows you break. how. Yeah, fuck Hubie. Get, you gotta oh, give Hubie retire. A... Someone allow Hubie fault. Brown to retire. Hubie Brown and Diane Feinstein fucking retire. Get out of there. Um, I can get on board with this team because I I'm a sucker and I love Joel and I love Maxi and I want to believe all the time and I like a lot of these role players individually. Um. But for the bulk of the season, it's just like they there is some something fundamentally wrong with this uh, franchise right now, and there needs to be more of a holistic look at the kind of team that they are, the 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 team identity which they never had this year. There's yeah. no bread and butter. 
It, even the Harden and Bead chicken just rolls, which started good, it just felt like they didn't really want to do it. They, neither neither guy felt great about it. Doc didn't want to run them that much. It's just like there's not a there's not a consistent look and feel to this team. My friend texted me the Celtics Heat series. Sorry, the Celtics Bucks series. It's like both of these, and, and and I've thought this for years about several different things. Where you watch it, and he and he was like, "This they, both of these teams look better than the Sixers," and it's just because for whatever reason, the Sixers and then teams that the Sixers play against, it just looks like mud. Everything so often looks like absolute mud. The games just grind down into nothing, and it feels like for the Sixers who who aren't a physical team to play such like sludgy basketball all the time, um, it's a a blight on on things. So I I just think there needs to be. I think Doc should be fired. I don't have like a great replacement. Um, Pick I think some, that someone we're not even thinking of. You know what I mean? Like, I, I guess I would just love to see the hot shot assistant guy or something. You know? Who knows? If Hubie if, Brown, if Hubie Brown. I think I think he has. It's got a bunch of new ideas. <laughs> uh, I think if Harden opts in for a one year thing, then then fine. Um, but I certainly wouldn't give him any anything close to the max at this age with how poorly he takes care of his body, um, with his effort level as low as it has been the last few years. Um, it's it's easy to look back at like early early career, not early career, the early part of his Brooklyn tenure and go like, what if he's that guy all the time? But like, I just don't believe it that he's capable of like really getting in the kind of shape that it would require to be good deeper into his career. No. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't have the answers. I don't have like a, here's the roadmap. And if Daryl doesn't do it, he's a fucking moron, but like Daryl has to, like he has to find it because the, the task and his responsibility is making one of the best big men of all time into a, a guy who's gotten to the conference fucking finals and the Sixers haven't and beat hasn't the Sixers have not gotten past the second round of the playoffs since 2001 and that I I could line up everybody who's responsible for that and punch them in the fucking face and I want to um, because so many awful mistakes were made um, but the they're all we have is looking forward and there's a lot seven or eight at least players on this roster this season should not be here next season we need fresh blood. We need excitement. We need guys who are willing to play their asses off, willing to defend, getting a loose ball, stop giving up offensive fucking rebounds all the time, every single one. Um, there, and there's got to be a way to do it where you're also not playing 2020 Sixers ball with like six guys in the paint and everybody's just like bumping into each other offensively. Like it's you have to find a way to make both Daryl as a GM and Doc as a coach has to find a way to make to find guys who are physical and play their asses off and who also can spread the floor and give Embiid some space. And then those guys need to cut and Embiid needs to become a better passer and find those guys. Um, and he has. Embiid's gotten better as a passer. but And some guys just missed shots tonight, including Matisse, Jesus Christ, um, and Niang, Jesus Christ. That was, only, that was Niang's only shot attempt of the night, which is wild. Um, Matisse Dibble stinks. I, I, I want to do be on record. I think he's going to go somewhere else that's a better passing team and in a better system and play better and I'm going to be annoyed about it. Um but uh I, I've but never seen that guy get through a screen. 
I, I've never, he dies on every screen. He doesn't go around it. He doesn't slide above it. He doesn't put, there's nothing. Dies well, on he every just screen. goes over it and then comes from behind and, and contests the shot from behind. That, that's usually what he does. And sometimes he gets it and a lot of times he doesn't. I mean, like Hero wasn't even like that good tonight. He was, they needed him to be. He was five of 12 for 10 points with no free throws. I mean, the Sixers tonight, like an example of how untough they are. It was like, oh man, and beating Harden. And beating Harden against the line so many fucking times. Harden didn't take a foul shot tonight. And B took four. As Harden a didn't take any foul shots tonight? Harden took zero and B took four as a team they took seven combined. It's Harden it was sucks, a man. it was a phone it in level of Who effort sucks? from so many guys and as a team I they just like Harden. absolutely backed off in in a number of ways, just like folded. It's an abomination. It's another I abomination. Might, I collect abominations I quit the on my, on my fucking Harden. trophy shelf. And it was like we should hang banners for abominations. I'm sure we, we can remember a ton of them. This has been the Sixers haven't been in the conference finals since 01, but they have they lead the league in abominations. <laughs> um, I can't watch Harden, man. I just I can't do it. I can't. I'm just. I've had a little black label bourbon, and uh, I just don't think I can watch that guy for a whole season and cheer for him. I think he sucks. I just I think he sucks. He sucks as like he's just there's too many instances of him not coming up big. I just how does he play a game like he played tonight? How do you play a game like that? It's not it's not, you know, it's funny. Uh there's a, a Twitter guy who's comparing him to um John Starks. You know, Starks had the the bad game against the Rockets, but like at least John Starks was present. Like, how how is James Harden just fucking not there? John Starks cl- or Bobby Abreu? Uh, but John, Bobby Abreu didn't care. John Starks didn't care. No, Bobby Abreu just glided, and he looked, he, he was very good, and people thought that he didn't care because he ran cool. He didn't care. Awesome. I don't think you actually He's like uh, Bobby Abreu. I love Abreu. Bobby Abreu. I think you like the idea Bobby Abreu, of Bobby Abreu. I, Bobby Abreu should, would get rotation minutes on the Sixers. On the Sixers. <laughs> right now. In any case. 47-year-old 40, Bobby Abreu should be on the Sixers. In a, any case, if... if, if uh, And uh, if, if... By the way, Mike, uh, Twitter, um, I, I think he's the guy that invented the phrase ratio at 85 MF was the one who said the, the Starks thing. Um, it would have been one thing if Harden came in and just missed shot after shot, after shot, after shot, dude, him not getting to the free throw line is disgusting. How is they that just possible? played on their heels? The whole team just played on their heels all night. And it was like Miami went to a zone. The Sixers had few people that could, they could send to the middle Niang is obviously honestly the best one because he at least has a jump shot sometimes or did before this series and can pass, whereas Tobias kind of can't pass. Um, and they just never got to the middle of the zone with any regularity. They just let Miami's length and tenacity and anticipation uh, totally rattle them. And Doc, game after game after game, the end of game four, which was closer than it should have been, into game five and game six, there were no adjustments made. They didn't change a single fucking thing. They didn't think about anything. They weren't scheming against it. It was just like their heater taking this away and we should just hold the ball, run out the shot clock, get slowed down, lose any energy or momentum, and the heat will just push off a miss and get wide open transition opportunities. Really awful. 
really, really bad. And I'm sure the, I'm, we're not looking at the post-game stuff, but I'm sure Doc's quotes are just absolutely infuriating. Uh, there was one, CJ put it in the chat. I came to the conclusion at the end of this game that we are not good enough to beat Miami. Yeah. What made you think that? Was That's it the loss to Miami? There was, and, and there was nothing that I could have done. <laughs> I was just sort of watching the games. At a certain point, I, I bought a ticket and then sat courtside and enjoyed my beverage. Um, Doc decided not to coach anymore. Just, it's a, it's a disappointment. Embiid has played so good the past two years. And for them to, you know, I, obviously this season was marred from the beginning with, with the Simmons stuff. And that ha- handicapped them a lot. And that should be um, factored in to how difficult it was. But a lot of teams deal with shit and find a way to get better players and empower those players and f- find a system well, and make it Miami, work. by the way, lost Kyle Lowry. And yeah. and they just threw a fucking guy in there who they who it didn't seem like they, they missed they a gave beat. shots to. Yeah, yeah. Um, and trusted in, in big moments. Um, I don't know. I look at this team right now and I think Maxi and Embiid should definitely be here next year. I would say... I'm fine with Niang being here for another year. It's, his contract runs out after next season. B-ball Paul, and and I would give I would give Bassey and B-ball Paul a shot at the backup center minutes and play them all. Anybody else? Shake maybe. I I do I do have hope for Shake as a as a good bench guard with uh, you know secondary ball handling and when with when he's healthy and stuff. But he's gonna have to get paid at some point soon. Um. Shake is going to have to get paid. Yeah, somebody will give him a decent amount of money. I think somebody will give him like three million dollars. Like, what do you think? I think like six. I think like six. No. Well, this is our FERC bet for the year. This is our twelve million dollar FERC bet. Was it twelve? Well, the people that didn't give twelve million dollars to FERC were were (laughs) give six million. Those guys were right. I thought somebody would have done it, but those guys were right. Um. Well, before we we go. I want to two sets of thank yous. One, this was our ninth season as a podcast. So I want a, a thank you to the people who listen. It really is amazing. Like we have people who were in like middle school and are now graduating college or whatever who have listened to the Ricky the entire time. And uh, it means means a lot that you hung out with us this entire time and you keep hanging even through the the good podcast the bad podcast the weird ones making you mad the team being shitty so a a wholehearted thank you um to everyone who has stuck with us so thank you for listening um i actually have three so the, the second thing is uh we actually have that maury was amazed by we have a staff at the ricky which is absolutely completely ridiculous for a podcast to have a staff of people so cj who is our producer started off as our video producer now produces everything thank you cj uh cj should be a role player for the sixers yes would have more energy 100 percent more length 100 percent. one day we'll meet cj in person i take i owe cj a, a nice dinner that's what i owe cj i promise you that cj the people who write for us. So that is Sixers Adam, who is, we actually have a beat reporter who's at every home game, which is fucking crazy. Mike O'Connor and AU, who 
I, I believe has more of the heart of this podcast than either Mike or I. Um, a, truly a, a joy. And uh, Alonzo Jones, who writes the newsletter. So thank you, Zoe. And then Abby, who does all of the drawings all year long. She does two drawings a week and anything we need and is absolutely excellent and makes the website look different. Uh, and I, I, I love and appreciate you. And the same for Tanner, who does our T-shirt. So thank you um, to everybody. And then finally, um, the fact that we and have... Occasionally, and, and Zainab. Zainab. Sometimes. Right. Zainab, who does AU's, AU's art uh, occasionally mm-hmm. as well. So thank you, Zainab, who did... Uh, and we got to do a, one more live show in the fall. So, um, and then our sponsors, the, the ones who have been with us forever, and then the new ones who have just come on, genuinely proud to be associated with all of you. Uh, your belief in us is amazing. And the way that you treat our listeners has always been amazing. So thank you. So DraftKings, our presenting sponsor, LL, our first sponsor, LL Pavorsky, Big Barker, Dog Beds, Wolf, Body Bio, Briggs Auction, Kinetic Skateboarding, Cornblow and Cornblow, Adam Kasabi, um, Mortgage CS, and Stateside Vodka. So thank you to all of them. It's wild that we have so many great sponsors. So thank you. Um, and the charities. So I, I can't, I, what's that? And the charities. Oh, yes. Providence Animal Center, coded by kids. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm going to the uh, Providence Animal Center Gimme Shelter Gala tomorrow night. So, um, So they, you know, thank you for all you do. Anything Every else? person that you just named has more heart than the Sixers team. <laughs> I'm just disgusted, man. Disgusted. I know. Really am. What a waste of time. So much time. Yeah. Happy that we don't have to do it anymore the rest of the season. No more post, post-game podcasts. Yes. I'm a little bit happy there. Really just... Look, I for whatever insane bullshit ludicrous i blame my parents reason that i give a shit about this fucking team i do it they mean a lot to me joel as a person joel i love him i would die for him um and a lot of these other guys some of them as well um but i just really for whatever reason and it's not a good one i've invested a lot of my life and happiness in whether or not these fucking sixers eventually have some level of high level success and they've been good since the process ended. They've made the playoffs every year since they have won some rounds, but it hasn't been enough and it needs to be better. We cannot have put as much time and effort and emotional equity into this goddamn team, this franchise, this organization with fuckfaces owning it and dickheads coaching it and to come up empty. They have to get better. They have to build a championship contender around Joel Embiid. Fuck One that actually and wins rounds. And that is... I have... Almost no role in that. The The role that we have is occasionally yelling loud enough for someone to hear and maybe they drafted the Wawu because we told them to. But and I'm invested in the success and I just need it. I need it to work out. 
we needed to work out because we're all fucking here. We're all pissed off. We're all emotionally on the hook to these assholes and these assholes have to deliver soon or there will be blood punishment in the form of me getting more upset. (laughs) And if that's not a big enough threat, then I don't know what it is. God Four damn, words for fucking, you. What a fucking shit show. Motherfucker. Four words for you. Head coach Evan Turner. No thanks. <laughs> oh, man. Fuck, man. The second round is just always the fucking second round. By the way, like the Sixers that we blew up just got to the second round. Like That's the best that happened. And to be honest with you, I mean... It wasn't the Raptors series, but that that Iguodala brand team getting to the seventh game with Boston, that was a fucking epic seventh game too. Yeah, that was a joke. That team was fake. Those were that was bullshit. It didn't even happen. Got to the seventh Barely game. Got Barely to the seventh. Wasn't to the real. seventh game. All right. Well, uh we'll take a couple of days to breathe and then we'll be back talking about this bullshit again. If you have any off season ideas, please let us know. It's gonna be another off fucked up off season once again um what a right. town. please don't sign i can't do a season in james harden i can't sign and trade if you don't sign and trade me. somewhere all right we'll talk you. to you soon we love you we you love you i love you uh are you yeah, done with ttp with you. yeah you know if you don't fuck with me then i, then I won't fuck, fuck with you, with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Time for playing